This episode is brought to you by the insurance agent I use for my own business, Doug Lynch, and his broker, Tracy Deerfelt, with the Nationwide Contractors Alliance. In the last year, I got to know Doug and Tracy as they were consulting for me on some questions I had for my own company. And after more than a decade in the business, I can confidently say I didn't even understand half the equation when it comes to general liability insurance. I'm confident actually that very few builders do. I had some big gaps in my understanding and even more in my coverage. Now this is a risk heavy business and you can't leave everything you've built. No pun intended to chance. Make sure you have good protection. Make sure you have reliable protection and make sure the agents you work with have your back. Doug and Tracy are by far the best I've found in the business or I wouldn't use them myself. They assessed my particular business, built me a customized plan around it, and now, of course, I sleep better at night as a result. Visit douglaslynch.com and nwcalliance.com to learn more about how insurance and other solutions can really work for builders. Before we get started, a quick shout out to two of our project partners, Ram Windows and Mila Appliances, both of whom we are using in our marquee project 3705 Kennelwood, which is our biggest, baddest boy that we have built to date. And I have been nothing but impressed with both of those companies quality windows that Ram is building and producing that we have now have installed on site is just uh, spectacular beyond my expectations. And same thing with Mila. I have been so thrilled to really start using them and incorporating them into our builds. Everybody I talk to about their appliances absolutely loves them. Our potential buyers we're talking to are all excited to know that those are the appliances we're putting in. So again, Ram Windows and Mila Appliances. Thank you both for your support and partnership. What's up, y'all? How's everybody doing? Hope you're well, staying busy. I got a new episode for you today with Spencer Powell. Uh, We're going to talk a little marketing, specifically digital marketing, probably an area we can all brush up on a little bit. I'm going to just rip this bio off of Spencer's website because it says it better than I can. Spencer is the inbound marketing director at Builder Funnel. Since 2010, he's been building out a proven model and system that has helped generate thousands of leads for his clients. He specializes in helping home builders and remodelers bring their websites up to speed, not only building traffic, but focusing on lead conversion and ROI. So he's a perfect guest to have on for today. He knows a ton. I learned a lot in the interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. So Spencer, um, it's been a while since I've done a, an episode on, uh, on marketing. And it's something that I've actually wanted to revisit for a while because so many builders just aren't clear on the best strategy. I mean, this is your line of business. This is, this is your work. I'm curious from your perspective, what, What are the mistakes that we're typically making, you know, the most common mistakes that we're making in terms of our marketing efforts? Where, where are we failing or where are we deficient? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. And, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, is typically consistency. You know, I see a lot of guys out there that will, they'll jump into something because they go to a conference, right? And they're like, oh, great blogging. I need to do X, you know, whatever that tactic is that they hear about at the conference. And so, you know, you'll blog for three months or four months You go, you know what? I don't think this is working, you know, so I'm just going to stop, you know, or, you know, you go, oh, okay, well, there's this local magazine and I think it's my target audience. So you do one, one ad, you know, and then you don't get the result you were looking for. So then you stop. And so I see that a lot with, you know, put in any tactic you want, blogging, magazine ads, whatever. Um, you typically see people not stick with it long enough and part of it is just that with marketing and brand, it takes repetitions, it takes time. And so there is that component, but there's also the testing component too. Maybe the creative wasn't right. Maybe the the language wasn't right. You know, so um, that's definitely one of the the biggest mistakes that I see out there. Yeah, I, you bring up the blogs. I actually would venture to say that more often than not, whenever I go look at someone's blog on their website, when they got a blog, the last entry was from like 2016. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there's just a total of like three, three entries. And um, I just always think to myself, like, I mean, yeah, so consistency, if you're going to do it, you got to be consistent. And if you're not, if you've got three, three entries in total, and the last one was 2016. I mean, I don't know, my personal opinion is probably take it off. If mm-hmm. even though you got some decent information on there, the problem is, you look to your audience stale so possibly stale like wait why is this why is this guy not been blogging for the last three years yeah it doesn't Uh, give a good impression (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah well i would say if yeah if you on that point if you have three posts and they're backdated you know four years or three years just remove the dates you know if you want to leave the content up you know so at least that's a a quick way to to do that too Um, yeah yeah true uh good point well you talk about consistency and that's whenever I've talked to, to professional marketers in the past, that it seems like it's, it's a theme. So I'm glad you bring that up consistency because whether it's, uh, you know, I think probably not too many builders that are in the custom home building space use billboards, but I'm just going to use it as a, as an example. I mean, I I've heard that whether it's billboards, whether it's advertising with, um, you know, one of the, one of the online services like house or, or, um, Oh, I'm blanking Zillow or whatever, like that's that consistency and doing it. Don't just do it for a month and then expect to see results. You got to stay, you got to stay with it. And I think that goes for most every marketing strategy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and if you don't mind, I'll just jump in on that point. I think part of uh, another point that kind of goes along with that is that in this industry, we've typically built businesses on word of mouth and referral, right? That's, I, I get on the phone with somebody and so often I hear, you know, where are you getting your customers now? Where are you getting your leads now? And it's, you know, well, probably 90, 95% of it is word of mouth and referral. And so then somebody goes, okay, well now I want to grow. So I'm going to invest in marketing and then they think that anything above zero is suddenly going to bring them a wave of, of leads, right? Because it's like, well, I've, I've spent zero dollars on marketing to this point, and I'm doing two million a year or two and a half million a year in sales. Well, now if I just spend $2,000 on marketing, 
that should be, you know, I should get to 3 million or 4 million, you know, because it's going from zero to whatever. And, and I think that's just a a mistake I see too, is that, you know, you kind of limp in with a little bit of something and, and it's not really a full fledged, you know, strategy. It's just kind of like, I'll just pick a tactic and, and spend a little money and that, that should do the trick. So that's, I think goes along with that. Yeah. For I'll put myself out there as an example of, uh, how I or where I get most of my leads from. And I bet I'm, I bet I'm pretty um, emblematic of a lot of builders out there. So I probably have three primary um, lead sources. We don't do a lot of active marketing. Um, so I'll, I'll confess to that right now. We don't do sure. a lot of active marketing. We primarily get leads from one of three ways, architects, um, realtors, or, or just um, drive-bys where people are driving by our signs and they see the house and they like it and they call us and want to talk about the project. So one of those three ways, and it's actually probably about a third, a third, a third. Um, uh, realtors are a real interesting topic um, <laughs> yeah, because you, you got to pay them, you know, mm-hmm. or at least everyone that I've ever worked with. And whereas our, our architects are not that way. We've had a few episodes on uh, on why architects are a fantastic lead source, and um, I think there's a real strong argument behind it. When when a builder can really tie in with one or two or three good architects, it's uh, it's a lead source that'll that'll continue like a well that will continue to you know bring forth um, water in that sense. Um, the realtors too, but again, you've got to, you got to pay them. And so that becomes a little bit more, a little more dicey because it, it adds a pretty expensive burden to a project's budget. Um, all of that to say, those are probably the, what I see for myself and other builders, the primary lead sources. I don't think a lot of us, uh, invest so much or invest as much as, as we should in, in other sources and other marketing channels. Um, let's put those three aside for a second, we can come back to them if, sure. if we want, but um, the digital side is, is so many other industries generate so many different types of funnels, so many types of leads through, di- through digital marketing. And I just don't feel like a lot of builders use it to the best of our advantage. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, about the opportunities that, that kind of exist in that space? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you're right. You know, I've been doing this for 10 years and I feel like in the last and this being digital marketing for residential construction, namely builders and remodelers. And so um, I would say not until just the last few years has digital even just become kind of a little bit more normal. You know, the first few years I was trying to convince people. I mean, I was just like this this works guys. It's, it's a real thing. Um, and, and we're just starting to turn the corner, but I think you're right. You know, still so many people don't look at that channel and, and it's because we have what I call a considered buying process where somebody's going to think about it for a long time, potentially, you know, they're going to think about building, you know, that, that custom home, they're going to be thinking about doing that addition, whatever it may be. And, uh, and we think about, I like to break it down when you talk about the sales process and then the marketing process. So 
for a lot of you listening, you know, when you get a lead, you kind of, you know, maybe it's a phone call and you, you have that first pre-qualification appointment where you're trying to see, is this a good fit from that point to close? Well, I don't know, maybe Jared, I'll ask you, how long do you think a typical sales cycle is for you from that first call until they actually like sign the, the construction agreement? Yeah. Um, very good question. So I, I break my sales cycle down into a, a little bit different. My milestone that I try to get to is a pre-construction agreement first. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first so time. from from that first call to a pre-construction agreement, it uh, it depends on a number of variables about where they are, whether they already have a property or whether they don't. Um, but we're probably about thirty to forty-five days on average there. Okay. Great. Yeah. And then from pre-construction to uh, the actual, to the like, actual const- construction construction agreement. Yeah. What yeah. do you think that is? From there to there, we're probably that. Now that takes a lot longer because for us, we to sign a construction agreement, we want all all specs, allowances, every every yeah. every, pro- every part great. of the project very very well defined. So that that can be every bit of three months plus three to three to four months. Is okay. Probably about. I'm going to say f- probably just under four is about our average from okay. on to construction. So it might be like a five month total sales yep. process. And exactly. and maybe for some people that don't go into that level of detail, I would imagine it's somewhere in that three, three months to five month range is probably pretty common. Um, so I, I like to encourage people to think about that's just from the point where that person has actually decided to reach out to companies, right? Double, triple, quadruple that time frame for the marketing process because they've been dreaming about this, they've been thinking about it, they've been researching, and and I think that's where coming back to your question, you know, this idea of creating a funnel or using the digital experience um, within this space makes a ton of sense because you have the opportunity to insert your company into their research process. So when they're six months prior to that first call with you, they're Googling stuff. They're, they're looking at where do I find land? What are the current design trends? How much does it cost to build in my area? How do I find a reputable builder? You know, the questions go on and on and on and on. And so if you start creating content, so we talked about blogs earlier, but it could be videos, it could be podcasts, just any form of content that starts to answer these questions, then they start to find you when they're Googling those questions. And now you're in the mix, right? And we can we can go down and talk a little bit more in depth about how you capture somebody at that stage as a lead versus somebody that's ready to have a sales conversation. But that's the general premise is you actually have a giant opportunity to actually make yourself known when they're still in that dreaming phase and you're helping educate them and you're actually building trust so that by the time they get to the first phone call, they actually feel like they know your company and hopefully they've maybe seen your face or the salesperson's face um, in some video content or on social media. So I think that's the, like the big high level play is you're matching the way you do marketing to the way people actually shop and buy, which is they Google everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that leads me to, to my next question. I want to understand a little bit better about what you see as the, you know, the, the channels that really work for for builders to build funnels in terms of uh yeah is it is it advertising on google is it just is it non-paid traffic you try to generate through blogs or something like that let's let's come back to that for a second let me back up before we jump into that topic we're talking about funnels here which is something i actually i'll I'll admit i didn't uh, (laughs) i didn't even know 
how to define a funnel up until probably two or three years ago. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about kind of what, what a funnel is and how a builder needs to think about it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a a good question. I guess the way I think about it is you've got, we kind of break down the stages, you know, you've got a top of the funnel, middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel, but we're basically looking at what we talk about as your marketing and sales funnel, which is the start of somebody's journey through the buying process all the way down to, you know, signing that pre-construction agreement and eventually the, the construction agreement. Um, and so when somebody's at the top of the funnel, they're in that, you know, I'm researching, I'm dreaming, I'm wishing, I'm hoping they're thinking about this thing that they want. And in, the, in this case, it's, you know, a new home, uh, a custom home maybe. And so that's really at, at its simplest form, a funnel is thinking about, okay, how, um, how does this person move through their journey in terms of whatever that first thing is, you know, hmm, we want to move, hmm, we want to build um, all the way to how do I get this done? Do I hire somebody? Do I hire an architect? Do I find a builder? Um, do I reach out to realtors? Like those are all avenues they could go. They don't necessarily know which avenue to go. And so the, that's part of their research process. So um, that's what a funnel is. It's basically the the journey that somebody goes through to make a purchase. Yeah. So if that's the case, let's talk about this top of funnel. So what, what are possible kind of top of or what are what are different vehicles to get somebody into that top of top of the funnel? Yeah, that, that you see what works. Yeah, so you mentioned a couple of them. You said, you know, is it Google Ads? Is it organic? And you know, we work with with builders all over the country. And when I come back to the data and actually look at like, okay, what's driving the traffic to websites? What's driving leads? And what's actually driving you know purchases and and people that end up signing and moving forward? Um, we look at a number of different channels. You've got, you've got uh, what we'll call organic traffic, which is going to be people that go to Google, they type something in and they naturally find you. They click on your website. Um, that's because Google thought your website was relevant. So they pulled it up in their search results. You're not paying for that click. They just found you what we call organically. Then you've got Google ads where you can pay and bid on different keywords. And when, when somebody types in a keyword, you basically show up. And if somebody clicks on that, then you pay a fee um, to drive that traffic to your site. Then you've got things like third-party sites. You mentioned a couple like House or um, you know, Zillow or Angie's List or any of those types of uh, sites. And then you've got social media, which is another avenue. And you've got organic and paid within that realm as well. When we look at all the channels, um, typically it's going to be Google related uh, is typically the best quality lead. Um, and that's where we see most of the leads and most of the customers coming from. There's a lot of buzz and hype around social media and social media does play a role in all of this, but it's typically not the biggest lead generator. It's more of that, that brand touch, brand awareness um, play for a lot of I would say builders uh, these days. So we see organic Google as the top priority. If you can build that up, mm-hmm. that's going to be the most advantageous for you. And then I would put Google ads after that. And the only reason being is if you think about somebody's intent, their buying intent, when they're on social media, they're they're not there necessarily to find a builder 
or do research. They're there to get distracted and see what their friends and family are up to. Uh, but when they go to Google, they're on a mission, right? They're trying to find an answer. They're looking for something. And so the buying intent is much stronger in, in the Google area than on social. Yeah. Is that kind of what you were asking about? It, or? it is. It is. And I think there's some some gold that you mentioned in there in terms of how Google is probably more direct cause of, of leads versus, uh, versus social media makes a lot of sense. Um, it's one of those things where you probably are more likely to, to get a good lead off of Google. And then as they go about trying to qualify you about whether they're interested in you then social media plays more of a role in that process. Would that be a fair analysis? Yeah, you nailed it. Cause they, they find you on Google and then they're like, Hmm, I want to learn more about these guys. So let me look them up on Instagram and Facebook. And yep, you nailed it. Now let's take my city as, as an example here. So I don't advertise on, on Google. I don't have an SEO strategy. Um, I haven't invested in either of those right now because while I probably should, I felt like my, my other funnels of, of, uh, of leads, which I mentioned earlier, um, is sufficient for now. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that, uh, I think most builders should consider this. I think that, uh, uh, I will at some point as well, because there's, you can never have too many good leads coming in, in my opinion, it just gives you more optionality to choose and select the best the best projects, the best clients. And that's, that's very, very important. Yes. Um, if I was to go about in, uh, doing SEO or, uh, or paid ads in Austin, it's a very, very competitive market, very competitive. I do know that. Um, and probably a lot of, a lot of the markets where our listeners are, are going to be competitive. I'm, I'm guessing unless you get out, you know, into, secondary or tertiary markets, it might ease up a little bit, but, but I don't know, maybe not. Uh, how, how do you go about really, uh, rising to the top and making your investment stand, stand out, get you to the top. If you're going to be competing in, you know, a contested market like Austin. Yeah. Yeah. That's the magic question, right? You know, how do we get yeah. to that, that coveted number one? Yeah. Um, you know, there, it's a it's a big question, definitely a loaded one. Um, I, I guess I would say the first step is doing some competitor analysis to see what that landscape looks like. Like, and so we use a um, an SEO tool called um, Arefs. It's a h r e f s dot com, um, and you can basically run competitor sites through their tool and your own site. And you'll see where you stack up from a SEO perspective. And, and so that's basically saying, like, how strong is your website versus other websites? Um, lots of factors go into that. You know, there's over 200 ranking factors. So we won't be able to, to dive into all of those today, unfortunately. But uh, basically, you want to see where you stand because SEO is is kind of a game where if if the top guy is at 78 and you get to 79, like now you're number one. So you don't, um, you're not comparing yourself to other markets. You're not comparing yourself to other people outside of that. You know, you, so if your market isn't doing a good job online in terms of people have strong websites and they're working on their SEO, um, even if there's a lot of players, there may actually be a, a decently quick path to getting to number one. Um, so I think step number one is just like lay of the land. What does my competition look like? And not how big is their company, not how good are they at marketing, 
how strong is their website in Google's eyes? Because that's really all that we're looking at. Um, once you've identified that, then you can start taking some steps in terms of, you know, some tactical things like improving the SEO, working on content, blogging, and that sort of thing. Um, but understanding the lay of the land is, is a big first step. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, another thing that goes into this, so you invest this money in, uh, in driving these leads. I actually did uh, no sooner than five years ago. So I, it was probably five or six years ago. I, um, I did invest in some digital, digital marketing. I think it was some Google ads, maybe, maybe some house ads Mm -hmm. and, and it was working. Um, by the way, I, I, want to make a side note. My opinion is that if you are going to go this route, um, I think, I think it makes sense to, to hire a professional. I mean, we're all, we're all busy. None, very few of us are, are SEO professionals. It's, it's a little bit technical. It can get a little technical. So if you're going to go this route, either with Google ads, paid, paid, uh, search or organic search, I think you gotta, you gotta work with somebody that knows what they're, knows what they're doing. Um, so anyway, coming, coming back to what I was saying though. Um, so you, I, I was investing in, I'm pretty sure it was Google. And one of the things I didn't like, and I'm sure I was making some beginner's mistake, the, the quality of the leads weren't, weren't good. So in other words, for us, if a good lead is a, someone who can, who's looking in central Austin with a, you know, $300 per foot, uh, budget or higher, uh, we were getting calls and leads from people who were looking in surrounding suburbs, like 50 miles outside of kind of our target area that had, you know, $125 budget. Sure. And, uh, and that was something that was, I, I was viewing as, you know, I was spending too much time taking those calls and those leads. And, and, and that was a little disappointing. Is that something that you see happen quite often? And is there a fairly easy fix for that? Yeah, um, I definitely see that pretty often and and definitely hear that from a lot of people just I, th- I would say with web leads in general that they're they're junk or they're low quality or just not maybe even if they're not total junk, they're just not the right fit. Um, in your specific example, a, a few things come to mind. One is if they're outside your target area, there may have just been a, uh, a targeting issue with the ads because you can you can target in on certain zip codes and areas and you can even like pick areas mm, on a map gotcha. to, to show those ads. So that okay. could have been part of the location piece. And for you, I would imagine some of the location piece will drive the budget piece. If they're outside of your area, those are probably areas that either the incomes aren't there or they they can't afford the the level that you're building at. Yeah. Um, but you're but you're also going to see some of that regardless. Even if you nail your location and your target, your neighborhoods, you're like, hey, these are the the exact right type of people. Um, when they come in, they may just have wrong expectations, you know, and they may be going, oh yeah, that's, I just thought it was going to cost that. And so that's where I think pairing a really strong content strategy with, you know, ads can help overcome that, or at least those people maybe weren't actually ready for that first call. You were, you were jumping on the call because they wanted to talk to somebody. But if you had a way to, say, drive them in through an ad and then have them, instead of book a meeting or a call, download a custom home guide. And in that guide, you talk about that uh, here's what the process looks like. Here are general costs associated. You know, it's 
typically 300 a square foot up to whatever the top end of your range is. And so when somebody's reading that and they're going, hmm, well, my budget was a lot lower, hopefully now they actually don't reach out. And so you'll generate some leads and then some will hopefully self-qualify and then the other other people will start reaching out. Um, the other part of it too is that the timing wise, they may have just been trying to gather information and because they couldn't get the information online, they wanted to get on the phone and talk to you, but they may have been six months out or 12 months out from actually moving forward. So again, if we pull them in through something like a custom home guide, and then they get our email program for about six months or nine months while they're researching and thinking about it. Now they're getting to know you. They're getting to see your style of projects because you're sending them new projects. When you complete them, you're sending them back to your portfolio. You're sending them to blog content. You're educating them. So when they actually do get on the phone with you, you know, they've self-qualified, they've gotten to know you and that, that should be a much better fit. So um, I think there were probably several things going on with that, that ad campaign. Yeah. One wonderful advice. That's actually one of the things that I've got on my project for the, or project book for the end of the year is to get uh, a custom home guide video that I plan on creating nice. for prospective clients, just maybe a kind of overview of our process and a few FAQs. And, and my goal is exactly that to create a touch point before I actually invest, you know, 30 minutes or an hour on the phone with them for some initial consultation. I love um, it. Yeah. Any so, content that you can create pre call to help qualify. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Spencer, we're running out of time here. I, I want, uh, want you to tell us a little bit about before we go just kind of what you're up to these days an overview of your company because we may have a few people here that um uh want to connect so can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to yeah for sure thanks for asking um yeah i started this agency about 10 years ago um my family's been in the building business construction business for about 110 years out in the seattle market and wow. uh it's a good run. So, yeah, they've had a good ride. It's it's morphed through the years. It's mostly um, property management today. They've built up a number of apartment buildings and a couple of retirement communities. And so they, they manage those and they just shut down the building operation actually just in the last 12 months or so. Um, but in during the Great Recession, that's really where we got started. My uncles were, uh, were running the business and they needed some help moving into digital. And we helped them scale their remodeling division from two and a half to five million. And then we eventually got it up to 10 million over several years. And so since then, we just said, hey, I think we can help a lot more people in this space uh, do something similar. You know, there's people all over the country that digital is kind of this uncharted territory and there's a lot of unknowns. And so um, yeah, today we're, we're based out of Colorado Springs. We're a team of about 15 people and um, we really help them structure a holistic digital marketing strategy that pulls in leads early in that marketing process, nurtures them until they're actually ready to buy. And then, you know, they move into the sales process with our, our clients. Um, and so that, yeah, I mean, that's basically what we're doing these days. Just helping people grow. Yeah, cool. We got a good niche. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's such a fun industry, you know, like the people in this industry are just super down to earth and great, great people. And yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, very cool. Well, um, I appreciate the conversation. Uh, it's definitely enlightening for me, Spencer, I'm sure, I'm sure our listeners uh, got a few good nuggets out of it as well. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.